What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we're going to be reviewing round 11 and getting you guys ready for the buy rounds, which are here and upon us. Let's go! Today and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined, as always, by Luke Rogerson, coach of the Mighty Oxlongs. How are you, mate? I'm going good, mate. I woke up this morning, I went in the Fantasy app, and they've given me an extra trade this week. Oh, don't yeah, tell anyone. No, just keep, keep that on the download, mate. I was like, rats, I was like mate. someone's yeah. fucked that up. I've, <laughs> I've got three trades, so oh. suckers out there with two. Some, some big moves three. coming over here from the Oxlongs. You'll be guilty. <laughs> well, well, jokes on you, mate. We all have three trades, but uh, yeah, buy rounds, mate. Buy oh, rounds. buy rounds. Jeez, I didn't, yes. I didn't know it was the buy rounds. Nobody's been talking about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, you know, hush hush the last few weeks. <laughs> but uh, yes, round 12 brings us to the first round of the buys, which if you're switched on. Which if, I'm not. Which, well, it'll we'll find out soon. <laughs> But if you've organised yourself and if you've got good planning and, and a little luck it goes your way, it can be a time where you can seriously rise yourself up the ranks and uh, yeah, separate separate the boys from the men. Speaking of luck, you want to talk about your Celtics and the luck of the oh, Irish? Oh, mate, there's no luck required. I'm surprised you didn't bring up off the top, mate. And you, I'm surprised you're not wearing your Celtics gear. I'm, I'm just keeping, keeping a lid on it, keeping <laughs> a lid on it. No, mate, you guys are home and host. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We uh well it was we were watching the game we were playing some golf on the weekend and uh, some top golf had the the TV up there and and we were watching the game and that Derek White just point one seconds they point they put the the zero point nine back on the clock after reviewing and uh, the big Celts getting the job done one win away from the uh, from the finals wild scenes you wild ta- scenes. you having the day off work tomorrow. 
I'll be watching the game. I think I'll, I'll go to work late, but I'll be I'll be here to watch the game. And, Treat uh, yourself, mate. Late start. Yep. And uh, so, game seven tomorrow. Shout out to Cal, who's a Miami Heat fan from the, from the Ball Boys, and uh, I, I'd definitely let him know about it after, <laughs> after that, that, that winner. So, uh, yeah, no, big, big things happening in the Huge. NBA. But uh, let's talk about fantasy. Obviously, let's big weekend that was. How did your, how did your team perform? Um, I didn't really move anywhere on the ranks. I'm sort of just inside the 10K, which is where I was last week. So I, I guess I had a pretty average week. It wasn't the best. Yeah. Um, copped, a, you know, copped a couple of low scores, but I wasn't by myself in that. I know there was yeah. a few people there that copped the Darcy, they copped the Fiorini, and they copped the Rat. Um, yeah, all the 30s, triple. I yeah, so, I think, um, think Rory from the Traders, he was one of those guys, but I'm yeah. sure he wasn't alone either. Yeah, definitely. So I, I wasn't, um, yeah, wasn't on my own in having a couple of bad scores, but I, I was... Yeah, pretty fortunate to hold rank. Yeah. Yeah, did you get a win in the, uh, the Content Creators nah, Cup? Jep got me. Oh, Jep. Jep. Yeah, Jep got me. I think he had a, a pretty decent captain choice from memory. So, um, yeah, my, my captain choice didn't quite come through for me. But uh, what about uh, yourself and Mitchman? How'd they go? Yeah, the, the Mitchman boys, we got up in the Content Creators Cup, which incidentally uh, puts me at the top right now. So, tied first in terms of the uh, yeah, big, big head wobble over here. <laughs> Better tied, wobble off your neck. <laughs> tied first with a... With a few of the boys there, um, in terms of the head-to-head matchup, yeah. Um, second in the overall rankings uh, after Sanchez's huge week and a captaincy of James Sicily, which we'll touch on, touch on yeah, later. Right. But um, who are you donating the money to? Oh, mate. Well, let's just again putting a lid on it, putting a lid on it. But uh, <laughs> that's not what you were saying five minutes ago. <laughs> off but yeah, yeah, just both checks, just send it my way, Timmy. Um, but yeah, obviously. That's a good week, and moved up just a few hundred spots. Didn't quite get to the top 1,000, but we're, we're on the edge. Not a bad spot to be, we're mate. We're on you, the edge. You're showing everyone that that hat behind you might not be a fluke. The, uh, the 124. Yeah, the 124, that very legitimate hat. I had a little <laughs> little scout. I think I'm about 300 points away from the 100-ranked team right nice. now. So 300 points over, what have we got? It's round 12. We've got over 12 rounds. Less than less than thirty points around, so you shit it in. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how we go with these buy rounds. And uh, it was this time last year that I think I was ranked three hundredth or something like that going into. By the end of the buys, I think I was ranked twenty fourth. So here we go. Uh, it was after the buys that not having Rory Laird um, did my season in, but you can make some big moves. So let's get into one of our favourite segments to kick off the show. And the winner. The Norm Smith Medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. An embarrassment, indeed, are some of these players. Let's start with the first game of the round, the Sydney versus Carlton matchup on the Friday night, where there wasn't many super um, fantasy relevant players playing. But yeah. your best on ground, you've got an interesting little one here. Yeah, well, I, I picked my boggers, just general sliding doors. So to put that in context, yeah. I, I was a little bit kissed, I guess, because I was tossing up whether to trade um, Hollands or, or Chincotta. Yep. Um, I went with Hollands, who Had got a bit a more money score, on his head. A bit more money. He ended up with a poor score. He ended up getting subbed. Injured. Injured, sorry. Yes, yeah. And then... AC John, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. then the reason that I've given this my bog... It's all about me. But the reason <laughs> I've given this my bog is because... Sasha. Um, not only did I dodge that, but then Carlton also had a couple of other injuries that maybe could yes, open that maybe. door back up for Chincotta, who maybe was the, the one bread. I held. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. So it could have been disastrous had it gone the other way, but um, that was that was my bog. I and guess. I think that allowed you to get to like a Weddle instead of settling for the flog of this game, which was... Was Lachlan McAndrew, uh, oh, no. who obviously pumped out a 66 last week, but this week 
did much, much worse than that, and I think was at a 12 uh, from memory and was subbed out, and I dare say we're probably not going to see him. Yeah. Sorry, 18 he scored. Um, put some respect on that man's name, but <laughs> I don't think we're going to be see him, seeing him come around 13 where we wanted to have him for our buy rounds. It's a and Samson yeah. Ryan-like effort, that one, isn't it? Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not the best, so yeah. Lucky to avoid that one, but those who did jump, which we were very skeptical or hesitant to recommend yeah. doing on the show, but obviously some people needed that money, and uh, yeah, it's why it's you know risky trading into those you know cheaper rookies at this time of year. When we cruise into Saturday, St Kilda and Hawthorne, I've given uh, the bog to James Sicily, but for two reasons: he he helped out owners with a one. <laughs> he did. He but, pleased everyone, but he helped out non-owners yeah, by getting did. suspended. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, we're all just happy with it. Yeah, we were kind of a bit <laughs> bummed about the one sixty, but yeah. when he got suspended, he helped us out as well. Exactly. So he's a man of the people, old sick dog. So thank you for that. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about him and what we're doing with him um, later on in the show. And the flog for this game is Jack Steele. Just don't... I don't know what to do with him in terms of how much of a priority is he as a trade target coming off his buy. Obviously, he's on his buy round now. Is he someone you trade out of? Like, obviously, he had... I think he had ice on the knee a couple of weeks back against uh, Adelaide, I think, from memory. The next week comes out, pumps out a 120. There was doubts on him all week. Yeah. Everyone's sort of panicking. Some people even traded, you know, ahead of time, you know, because they were a bit concerned. Comes out, scores a 120. This week, no news or anything like that. He plays, I think he goes sub 80, 78 off the top of my head and uh, just hasn't had a great season so far. Few, few injuries and he's battling it out, but... Um, Maybe it would have been easier if he just was out and we traded him and, and it was a bit more clear. So hopefully the week off can do him some good, but yeah, just making evaluating him a little bit more difficult than it normally would be. Hard one to read for sure, Hamish. It is. Heading into the next game, Melbourne and Frio. Uh, Petrarca was the top scorer in this one, I think, uh, for those people that have got him. Uh, he's, like, he's a little bit unique, isn't he? Yeah. I, I think yeah, Petrarca. So is. for those people who, who have him as a pod, they would have been very happy with a 116 or whatever it might have been. So, yeah, absolutely. Who was the flog from this game? The flog from this game is champion data. Um, not to, obviously, they, they make our great game possible, but, <laughs> mate, Max Gorn. Have you seen this? He was no. 0.1% oh, yeah. away from getting forward status. You just give that. You just, <laughs> you just pay just them. Pay just, just come on. Like, if, if you're just 0.1% of the way, just, it makes it a bit more interesting. Uh, you just give it, I reckon. And obviously, they haven't done that. And he's missed out. And he's a ruck only. And those who have maybe jumped on early or were crossing their fingers that they'd have another option to trade into this round to cover their buy rounds in the ruck yeah. and forward... It's not going to work out as pretty as pretty for us. So, I feel yeah. I feel for poor Stato. Hey, yeah. I mean, look, he's he scored better than he did the week yeah. prior. And I think he will be okay, and and we'll talk about again some rock options with the Sean Darcy news. But um, yeah, just just pay that. Come on, point one percent. Let's, yeah, let's give the people what they want. That's so rough. Now GWS went down to GMHBA and did a number on the cats. Yes. Um, despite that, Stuart was my bog. I think he got a 120 yep. um, down there. I didn't watch the game, but uh, GWS, fantastic effort to, Nine to do Nine marks, that. yeah. And, just, um, he's yeah. the only real guy that's just been consistent. I mean, apart from, obviously, Jeremy Cameron mm. being, you know, arguably the best player in the AFL, but in terms of fantasy, he's the one guy from that team that we can really rely on. Yeah, a pretty handy pickup for, I mean, almost for everyone, didn't they? I think a lot of people have It was like a yeah. three or four-week stretch there where yeah, he yeah. was the only trade target, but um, he was the bog from that one. Uh, flog for me is the... 
Fucking sub rule. Um, you're you're everyone. It's not not <laughs> yeah. exclusively players today. No, no, no players. Just just the rules and, and people that officiate and, and make the game possible. But no, the sub rule. It it can just get fucked, really. Um, Josh Fay, six points. He comes on for the last quarter. I don't even think like the full last quarter. Son. What a debut! <laughs> comes in as one oh, touch. Yeah. Like that is not how you want to make your debut. Like that seriously, sucks. imagine. Yeah, I mean, I know he'll. You know he'll absolutely take it. He's he's now an AFL player. He's but, an AFL player. But he's, imagine he, you, you go down to the rooms after and you give mum and dad a big hug and you know oh congratulations yeah. you you, you touched the ball once you barely got on it yeah it just doesn't sort of leave a great taste in your mouth. But. Yeah, look and that sucks and and again as from a fancy point of view, Josh Fay, who a guy we've been you know watching for ages with his huge VFL scores. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I guess What's, what his break-even is now. No, nah, don't even tell me. It's hey. 55. So he comes in and he has a good game. His price is moving nowhere. Like, He's, they've ruined him for us. Yeah, We've his been price is 55. Weeks. So there's no reason, even if he is named, that you jump on early. You just wait a week. But that sucks. it's the kind of thing that, yeah, it's and just an AFL fantasy killer. It went well for it went well for GWS too. So probably and they won. Again. Yeah, exactly. He, oh, yeah. Bloody uh, miracle sub over here. So <laughs> miracle sub. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Gold Coast versus the Bulldogs. A tight one up I'm at the. Uh, I'm telling you, Northern Territory. The Cud Munch is a premium. <laughs> he is. What's happening? Yeah. The uh, what is the, Matty Rowe? What is Matty Rowe doing? He's still not marking the ball, but he's. You know, I finally a I finally figured out why he does that, and I saw an interview about him. He's 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 getting he's getting in touch with. His surroundings, and he's becoming one with the ground. And uh, that's what he says. That's, that was the quote that but I saw on the weekend. That that video that you're referring to, where they're like asking about that, I I don't know how they're asking with a straight oh, face. I was listening to it too. I was it's, like, there's no way no one is snickering or giggling yeah. right now. So why do you eat the grass? Ah, oh, yes, okay, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just I'd be losing it. Are you serious, bro? Mate, you can touch the grass all you want, but you don't have to put it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, they asked him about the pesticides anyway. But no, he. He obviously had a big game and uh, is coming through for those who uh, who did jump on, like our, our good friend of the show, Dossie. Um, yeah. He's a Dossie pod, if ever I've seen one. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Obviously, there's plenty of time for the Dossie curse to come in, but so far, so good for Matty Rowell. And, and if Speaking you have him, of the Dossie curse, yes. your, your flog here, yeah, or one of, of your flogs. Anyway. Well, the Dossie curse here is the, uh, the Godorini and Rory Atkins combo, the rap passer as it's going around. Double thirties for the for the boys. I think thirty three for your boy Fiorini and uh, you know Rory Atkins subbed out. Fiorini just couldn't find the ball at all up there in Northern Territory. Slippery conditions, not ideal for these two players who rely no. on uncontested marks. So kind of could see a poor game coming, but this was next level poor, and um, it's not what you want to see on the eve of the buys when you've got two guys in there. Part of the reason why you have them is because they're good buy around. Um, and now it's got a lot of people contemplating trading them out. It's just more questions than we want before the start of the buy rounds, Luke. So Correct. they are the flogs for this game. Correct, Mundo. West Coast versus Essendon. My bog, Mike Hunt. Oh, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, sorry. No, I misread that. Jaden Hunt. Sorry. Jaden Hunt. <laughs> oh, you got to say well. that a bit slower uh, next well, time. Yeah. Very really quick. What a slip of the tongue. Um, Jaden Hunt, 120. I, a lot of people I reckon would have moved off him, myself included. He had a couple yes. of bad ones, but if you did 
hang on to him, whether that was uh, by plan or uh, forced. You would have been pretty happy with the 120, I reckon, this weekend. Yeah, 120 recesses break even back down at 62 now. He's probably going to get close to 700k. Um, and yeah, you're definitely yeah. probably holding that one through, milking as much cash as you can. So yeah, for sure. Good score there by Hunty. My flog is Xavier O'Neill. Oh. And <laughs> this is one um, of the all-time pump fakes. Yeah, he pump faked the shit out of You were like the of, shooting oh. stars, babe. You were fucking flying. I, I lost it. And Do I, you want to tell everyone the story of how well, you fucked my team. <laughs> so you were, what, what night was this? Saturday night? Yeah. Um, you were off doing a, what are you doing? A Kokoda Trail uh, walk in the nights for yeah, God knows what reason. W- walking um, through the, the bush at night with about 15 school children. Yeah. It just sounds... I don't know, that sounds, you know, like great fun anyway, when you can sit at home and watch the footy, but... Um, <laughs> no reception. Uh, you've left me in charge of any vice-captaincy loops because you obviously had the Brayshaw loop like I did. Yeah. You were looping... Um, who was it? Weddell as well. But the news comes down. Xavier O'Neill has been a late change and Twitter is ablaze. And rightfully so. Like the previous two weeks, he's tagged Will Day. Yeah. He's held into like 12 touches, I think the stat was. Yeah. He held, um, who was it? Noah Anderson the week before to sub 80 score. Yeah. Um, so the writing was on the wall. I still was okay. And people were asking me, should I trade in Zach Merritt? I said, yep. But I just didn't have the confidence on him being my captain. Um, so I started thinking, okay, who's the next guy on my list? And the next guy on my list was bloody Nick Dacos, who I should have gone, who got, he went better than both Merritt and English, who was the guy that actually did go to, who had his second poorest game of the round. So just a, a domino effect of bad decisions and uh, obviously not the hugest error in the world, but it did cost me uh, more points than it should have when I should have just stuck to my guns and gone down the, the ball boys, big boys, and everything would have been okay. That's right. It's just another reason I can blame you for my poor fantasy team. So we'll take it. <laughs> okay. Well, at least I did the same thing for my team too. So you, you can't accuse me of... Get back in the shot, mate. You're sliding out of the shot. Oh, you, you're boxing me out, mate. Doing? All right. What have we got next up? Uh, Tiggy's took on Port Adelaide and t- like Tim Tarando just needs to get this award in, oh, in every game that he plays. Just Last man it. on the ton run, so my prediction has come true. Yeah. My hot take. Enough said, I reckon, on yeah, that one. 145, four goals. He kicked four snags. So Beast mode. Yeah, absolute beast mode. And flog for this game, Marlon Pickett. I don't know if you've seen this, but Richmond tagged now. He um, was getting a run through the midfield. Tim has tried for one Trying week. to what? tag, and he's tagged Rosie. He held Rosie to a, a very poor 28 touches or something like that and 101 fantasy points. But, yeah, Dim is, you know, not even... McWalter yeah. in and tagging. And he's tagging. So now we've got that to worry about. I mean, obviously he didn't do a very good yeah. job. He's not no. a, a typical tagger. But, yeah, I uh, tagged Connor Rosie for 27 touches. Um, but Gross. still scored 102 points. But, yeah, just clogging up a midfield spot for a Richmond yes. um, was the highest CBA attendee for the team outside of Nate Curtis. So, and obviously didn't score well himself, 50 points on the weekend. So That's freaking gross. Just don't know why we're doing that over at Richmond. Collingwood, North Melbourne, Nick Dacos, Bog once again. Similar, yep. I mean, similar to Taranto. He just came every through game, and crushed the matchup. Every didn't, game he Didn't have to worry him. too much about a Bailey Scott's tag. He just uh, played a bit through the midfield. As well, um, yeah. which was good to see. So, big one there. Flog here, Jai Simkin. Um, just was an option that we've been kind of continually saying he's a good option. He's cheap, he's cheap, he's cheap. Comes out and scores a sub-70. And just, I no longer have the confidence to continue saying that he's cheap because he just continually, continually disappoints me. And 
There's a reason he's cheaper. Yeah, but he's going to come out and average 100 the second half of the year. <laughs> but I just can't jump on him now because I just don't have the confidence because the role is continually there. I don't really know why he can't score very well um, when he has done so in the past on a poor side. Um, it's not all of a sudden. It's not like he's come from a good side and all of a sudden he's in a bad side. He's he's done it before, so I don't know why he can't he can't score. But I am officially done recommending him as a cheap <laughs> cheap trade in target because I just don't know why he's scoring poorly. Uh, last game of the round, Adelaide and Brisbane. My um, rank and your rank as well was probably at risk of really diving here if if Laird had a good one and Dawson didn't keep up. So yes. Dawson ended up scoring one thirty five and and. Um, Helped me to Huge. hold my rank in yeah. the top 10K. So, uh, big game from him, and it was much needed at that point as well. 10 tackles, um, just beast yeah. mode. And uh, do you remember the people that were questioning whether or not going to the midfield was going to be good for his scoring or not? Yeah, it's, pro- it's proven I do. correct. Uh, yes, so he is um, yeah, he's obviously better as a, as a midfielder in yep. terms of his average, and that is showing the flog for this game. Um, bending the rules a bit, but I'm giving it to Will Ashcroft. Washcroft. Uh, yeah, mate, come on. What's Wash, going Washcroft. on? You need to learn how to travel outside of the Gabba, as does the rest of the Brisbane team. They can't seem to get it done. Away from the Gabba is the story, and um, until they prove us all wrong, there's going to continue to be the story, but he is now someone that we will definitely need to discuss whether or not he stays on our side um, moving on from this week. So that will do it for those ones. Let's move on to this next segment here where we've got a fair bit to get through. Lots of news from the weekend here, Luke, starting with the new DPPs. We've just got maybe a couple of relevant ones here. Jack McRae has gained forward status, and Matt Kennedy, um, in a weird twist of events, has gained defender status. Um, Probably less relevant, but Jack McRae, now as a forward, does he tempt you? He definitely tempts me, but we spoke about this a little bit before we, we chucked the headsets on, is... You just don't know how to pick it at the Bulldogs. So, yeah. a couple of things. Bailey Smith, the last two weeks, has been performing the way that we were hoping with high CBAs, his time on ground increase, and he was looking like a guy that he you know, would be a, a must kind of own top six forward. Then, game on the weekend, I think Smith had like three CBAs, McRae's CBAs increased, and McRae pops a 120. Then add to all that that Trelaw is potentially coming back this week. So, yeah. we're, so it's just... As much as these guys are attempting, the uncertainty about it all just really um, gives me cause for concern. Yeah, the, and, and the thing is as well, like I think in years past, I mean, it happens every fucking year. Bevo gives us a forward. You know, yeah. last year we had Bailey Smith and Bont. This year we've got Bailey Smith and Jack McRae. Uh, there's, there's always going to be, it seems like, a bulldog that's going to unexpectedly be a forward halfway through the season because yep. because of the Bevo factor. And um, it's trying to pick those runs and... and you know, when things happen that you could get onto the end of gold or you could be stuffed around based on what uh, Bevo plans to do week to week. But this year in particular, it's it's probably harder than years past in my opinion because we've got a, we've got a stacked forward line. Yeah. Think about Tim Taranto, Dunkley, Cogs, um, McRae's in there now, Butters, Gilden's Rosie, well. Goulden, Bailey Smith, not to mention Sheasel, Zebel, who are both also forward eligible. Yeah. Um, you know, players like Darcy Cameron and, and, and the like also in there as well. So in years gone by, you could hide behind the fact that 
um, you know, Ford's kind of top six yeah. Ford's 95. Like, like Isaac Heaney was almost yeah. a top six Ford or you, was a top six Ford. You look at his score and he's only oh, had one score below an 80 this whole year. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of 80s, 90s, 100s in there. No huge ceiling score just yet. But as a traditional, you know, averaging 97, that's usually top six bank it yeah. uh, guy. Um, I still think he's definitely someone to consider, but it's just picking the top six forwards, and maybe we should do a, uh, a rolling 22 or something so coming you, up soon, but it's hard to pick those sort of bottom two to three guys in the forward line. What, what do you think that the sixth best forward average is this year? I think it is 100 plus. I think you yeah. want your forward to be averaging over 100, yeah. um, all your forwards to be averaging over 100, which is why eventually if you want to keep a Sheasel and a Zebel, I think they need to be in your defense when you're looking at the best players possible because I think we do have a lot of good forwards Rolling around this year, but for sure. McRae is definitely someone to consider. And obviously, he scored very well in the weekend going, I think it was his best score for the season, 123. In fact, yes, it was uh, against the Gold Coast Suns. Comes up against Geelong, Port, and North Melbourne in his next three. So, definitely someone to consider. In terms of Kennedy, do you think that that is relevant? I mean, there's some people that will own Kennedy, but... It may be relevant as a short-term play because of the things going on in Carlton, and we might as well touch on this now. Carlton's injuries, uh, there's a lot going on. So So Hollands, Newman, and Hewitt. Hollands, Newman, Hewitt. Cripps also had an ankle issue as well. I'm pretty sure, is it Chera that was suspended um, a game as well? well. Yeah, so so they've got a few players out at the moment. So you could easily see next week Matt Kennedy find himself getting high CBA usage. So... It might be a play that you can roll through the buys, but I don't necessarily think that the defender status changes anything. No, he, because he he's not that. a keeper regardless. Yeah. I don't think. Um, Did Hobbs unless he maintains that high CBA role? Because he probably got mid nineties. Yeah, especially like you said with the injuries. Did yeah. Hobbsy get DPP or am I making Hobbsy that up? did get uh, def- uh, sorry forward midfield, so he was a forward before and now he's a forward mid, which again it's not super helpful, but does help his. Flexibility, yeah. Um, so, yeah. In, especially over the buy rounds, that is helpful. But in terms of a reason to trade someone in, probably not someone I'd really boost up too much. So, um, continuing with those Carlton injuries, we, we touched on it before, but yeah. do we think the bread comes back in? Um, I would have to think it, he does. Yeah, I, I was going to say yes, but am I being optimistic? Uh, like, I'd have to think he does. Because your, tr- your trades this week, um, you ended up holding the I bread. I did, I did. I, I held the well. bread. I traded out Alan Davey um, and went a bit lighter on cash going to this week um, in the hopes that he came back. Yeah. Because I was semi-hoping or, or semi-thinking he'd come back last week. Um, but Newman out, Holland injured. He could probably play either of those roles on the wing or at halfback. I do think he's a chance. Did he play in the... Um I think he did play pretty well. I think 29 touches or so. So uh, I do think that he's coming back. There's also another wing in Carlton that is a potential chance for a debut. I don't want to butcher his name. So if I'm just going to bring him up... Oh, it's uh, this is the Jackson Bins. Binsy, uh, yeah, Bins. The Ibis. Uh, Oscar, mate. Oscar, Oscar, the the Grouch over here. Oh, Oscar. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, Jackson Bins, two thirty eight mid forward. Um, I think he's been playing a wing role, so might come in and replace Hollands. Apparently, he's been looking okay, but yeah, Chabada twenty nine touches, one eleven. Yeah, and, and the fact that the Blues just can't seem to. I mean, they're going pretty poorly at the moment, so I do think they need to swing the axe and make some changes and. You know, last time Chincotta was in there, he did play pretty well, in my opinion. So, we'll see I think he's a chance. Should um, we talk some suspensions? Yeah, who have we got? Well, one we mentioned off the top was um, 
Sicily. So he's popped that 160, but he's going to be suspended now for a week. So he's accepted the one-week band. He's got the round 14 by my right. So that means that he's going to go suspension, play a game, and then buy. Yes. Yeah, okay. Sorry, what? I can't wipe the smile out of my face because it's What's just hot off the press. Hot off what? the press. What's happened? That Rory Laird has been offered a one-match suspension. <laughs> you, so. you are a sick puppy. <laughs> you are a sick puppy, my friend. Can't wipe the smile off his face. Me neither, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple of big, ba- big names. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people were trading him in. I do think he was a good trading target last week, and it showed with his 130-plus score... We've, um, I've been pretty kissed recently. I'll be honest. I, I we've a few dodged bullets. a few bullets. I copped we a have. few at the start of the year, but I, I'll put my hand up and say that I've been smooching lately. The, the last two weeks, I mean, I mean, we both copped Mills, so maybe that was enough bad luck for us. Okay, for, the Mills three sucked. Yeah, That's but true. since then, in terms of like the Sean Darcy, you know, yeah. the um, Atkins the bullets the and all that. Um, yeah, and a few other those bullets. It looks like we've been kissed. But so, what are we? What are we doing with these guys? They're both round fourteen. Yeah, uh, let's put them kind of in the same boat. Yeah. You, Are they a trade? Like, they've both come off 130, 160 plus scores, but if, if I'm, I'm going to give you a scenario, right? Okay. We're going into round 12. Yep. A lot of people say they have, I don't know, a Rory Atkins, a Fiorini, a Sean Darcy. I think they go before these boys. Well, that's, that's if they. Let's see if Fiorini and Rackens are dropped. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Well, like you're, you're assuming that. They're... I think I think Rackens is going to be dropped. Is my assumption because they, um, they won. They won, but I don't think he's helping that what... team. And Brandon Ellis is in the in the twos right now, and and surely he gets a game over Aurora Atkins. Yeah, you'd have to. I mean, he's played one shit game. I know he got subbed. You didn't watch that one either, did you? No, I, missed so, that I didn't. One. Watch I was that watching game, the so... other game. Oh, I watched the end yeah. of it, but yeah, he'd obviously already been subbed by then. Oh. It wouldn't surprise me either way. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. if you're coaching the Suns, you go, okay, well, the bloke's been good for us for four weeks and he's had one bad game. We'll give him another run. Um, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me the other way as well if they bring yeah. an hour. So, okay, so back but, to hypothetical. But anyway, so yes. Say, so the hypothetical situation, you there, you got two, or maybe if people are both. I mean, I don't know what people are doing. But this, this, could, this could really wreck some teams around the place. But they're missing this game. Come round 13... Now this is the this is the timing of this is where I, what I find the most interesting because round thirteen is the buy round that we have all our team basically playing. Yeah. So even if they're there, and then- how much are they actually helping you that round? Because if I just look at my own team, yeah, I'm going to have twenty two players playing, and I'm getting best eighteen. I pretty much have 18 premiums playing that round. So do you basically see those guys now that they've been suspended as basically irrelevant for three weeks? Because they're, they're, they're irrelevant. not irrelevant because they're probably going to be one of your better scorers in yeah. round 13. So they might boost you over, but it's it's like the difference between them. Say you've got a sick dog on your field over, I don't know, a Sheasel, or, or you've got a, a Laird on your field over. A Hobbs or a Humphrey, like it's well, like it's not like you're getting an extra 130 points. You're getting maybe an extra 30 or 40 points, if that makes sense. Let's say let's say you trade them both. You can't get both back in, probably coming off their buy. Yeah, so, you're probably not getting them in till after the buy rounds. Yeah, so I, I like actually think this, it's a trade. Well, in this, but in the scenario where let's say Atkins and Fiorini gets get yeah, dropped, I think they're priority. You get rid of them yeah. first. So you, you're saying it's a trade. I think if you don't have the carnage to deal with injuries or, or drop players that are worthless and you're not going to want in your team anyway, yeah. I think, say you've dodged some of those bullets, then I think it is a trade because 
they're missing two games in the next three game, th- three rounds. And the round 13 by, you've got, you're going to have so many other players playing anyway that they're not actually going to help you all that much outside of a potential captain option in a Rory Laird and the difference between them and a mid-pricer that you might have running through there, which is maybe, what, 20, 30 points, 30, 40 points. So you're holding for 30, 40 points over the next three rounds. I don't know if that's enough to justify it for me. I, I would rather, if I don't have other carnage, I'd be aggressive in trying to trade those boys. Does does all that go with the caveat of depending on your team structure? Depending on the team, yeah, obviously. I guess yes. a lot of stuff we say on this podcast will... will Throughout the whole bias. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's bias structure is going to be completely unique. But I'm just yeah. I'm highlighting the fact that because of that round 13 buy, I think this is a more unique situation than you would typically just think of off the top of your head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next piece of news on the agenda, um, Shawnee Das's uh, hamstring. Hamstring. Is he, uh, that's sort of hamstring for a big fella is at least two or three weeks. I think they've thought. come out and said that it's a moderate hamstring. He's confirmed to be missing one game after his bye, um, at least. So you, it's, you're trading. I think you're trading. You just yeah, got to you, trade You trade and you try and get up to either the English yep. or you look at maybe there's are, there are a few other interesting ruck options around that we will highlight later. But um, yeah, I, I do believe that it is a trade. He was always going to miss this week. A lot of people probably had planned on trading him at this buy round anyway to get to a Tim English. Yeah. Because obviously Tim English has been hurting you most of the season. Um, it just sucks that he's dropped 50K the week before. And I've given that poor score. So unlucky there, but I think he is, again, another trade. Uh, we're gonna, a lot of teams might need the three trades this week. Oh, man. Uh, another little injury, just to keep an eye on. Seamus Mitchell apparently had a little injury at the end of the game there. I don't know exactly how serious it is or what exactly it was, but um, just another one to monitor there that if you're expecting a green dot, just watch the uh, the injury reports over at Hawthorne as well. We mentioned before that Adam Trelaw has uh, apparently been reported to set to return for the Dogs. So yeah. how does that impact Bailey Smith, Jack McRae? Um, probably those are the main two. Yeah. Um, maybe you wait <laughs> to, to, to pull the hey, trigger, but I don't know. Close your eyes and throw a dart. It's just like, yeah. How do you know? How do you know? And then, and then the last little note here is Clayton Oliver has been reported to be training with the main group today. What the so. Fuck? I, it wouldn't surprise me if he's back this week. He, this man he's, wants a Brownlow. They lost as well. He's a tough prick too. They, um, like last year, didn't he break his hand and then he played the next week? Yeah, he had surgery, like, played a week after. Yeah, yeah that's so. pretty insane. Imagine imagine any other profession, like outside of sport people, mm. where that is something yeah. to be considered where a guy has surgery and then he's out doing what they do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You imagine accountant get a paper cut and have three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I shouldn't put. I shouldn't put account. Sorry, I don't sorry to all the accountants. Yeah, out I don't. There. I don't have anything against. You do God's work out there. Yeah, I don't know why I said those. But it'd be teachers. Those those buddy teachers. Yeah, those man. teachers have enough holidays yeah, as it is. I got those soft whiteboard hands. <laughs> right on the whiteboard. Bring back the blackboard. Bring back the chalk. Nah, it's twenty twenty three, mate. You all right, say, you can't say blackboard. Oh, okay. Settle down. <laughs> settle down, mate. Uh, and the last little news that we will talk about a bit more in depth is the fact that it is now the buy rounds. And just a little... For the is it the buy one, rounds? It, yeah. Did oh, you, yeah, did you not know? That's why you got that third trade. Oh, yeah. yeah no one's yeah, been yeah. talking about it. Right? But yeah, buy rounds start now. And we'll go through, in case you have been living under a rock and, and if you know maybe you haven't done too much of the buy rounds before in fantasy... We're looking for the best 18 scores uh, on your ground. I did type eight there. No, you get more than eight, but <laughs> you get 18 scores. Now, they have to be on your ground to count. Okay. So, say you've got seven defenders, that you only get six yep. um, counted there. 
And also that the other smaller, maybe more thing that we should also point out is that Byram players are locked out on the last game of the round. Loop-de-doop. Which makes looping our captains the easiest thing in Loop-a the world. Loop-a fiasco. So, Let's go. So that means that in terms of our vice-captains, and make sure you don't fall into the trap of just looking at that first game or two for your vice-captains, you can, you can go anyone across the entire weekend. Um, and on the last day, we've got that Richmond versus Giants matchup. You could loop Tim Taranto if you wanted oh. to and, and go into a, uh, a Zach Merritt seat, basically. So, the ball boys, big boys get a preview. It's just easy. It's like easy this week. So that is something to keep in mind as well. So don't be lured into that Friday night VC when you don't have to. There might be better options. But yeah, what do you? Uh, again, I'll just I'll throw it over to you. Yeah. Do you have a, a plan going to the bar rounds in terms of what you're looking to do no, through each round? Absolutely no. not. I have <laughs> it's absolutely a good start. No, it's a good start. <laughs> no idea. No. So you, you, been... you tell me you struggled a bit last last year with the bar first yeah. year playing. Um, yeah. So it, what, what are your learnings? The story of the bar rounds for me was basically going in with with essentially close to a team of premiums and and doing all right to then. Yeah. Going okay through the buy rounds, but ending the buy rounds without a team of premiums. So I think right. this was you didn't improve the team. You were sideways. Exactly, would you say? and this yeah. is something that I heard Selby talking about um, a little bit on one of his podcasts. Was that you? You not only need to do well throughout the buys, but you can't do that at the expense of yeah. having a team full of premiums at the end. So yeah. if you're sideways trading premiums during the buy rounds to get those good buy round scores, good on you. But you're going to be fucked at the end. Yeah. So you need to find that balance between performing well in the buys, but then yep. also knowing that at the end of the buys, your team's going to come out better than it was before. And that was the mistake that I made in my first year last year. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, he's... And we'll, we'll credit the great man. He's famous for saying that over the buys, you want to do um, three things. You want to be on each round getting more than your 18. Yep. So the other thing, when we talked about before, you get your best 18 scores. So the beauty of the buys and the, the best thing is that if you play 20, your worst two scores will get dropped off. So say you have an injury or you've got, you know, just a fear of any sucking, um, their scores won't count. So you only get your best 18. So if you can use that to your advantage and get 19, 20, 21 players on a round, you're going to be in a great position. You also want to make sure that you are um, completing your team and and finishing the buy rounds with a better team than what you started. So like I said, not sidewaysing. So we get three trades. It's the easiest time to upgrade because you can do two down, one up, um, fix some of the red dots along the way as well. And you also um, basically want to view the, the buy rounds as one giant round. Yeah. Because some teams are going to have more premiums playing this weekend than, than I will. Yeah. I'll have more premiums playing on another round than they will. So it's not necessarily a fair comparison each week, yeah. but over the total buy rounds, you'll sort of see where you stack up. But if I do well on one of the buy rounds and my rank goes up, I'm taking a screenshot. Screenshot and let us know about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't, buddy. Goes without saying. About it. I, I yeah. will be taking a screenshot <laughs> yeah. if my rank score. No, let so. us know about it, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, obviously we'll, we'll be phrasing a lot of what we're talking about mm. over these next few weeks around the buys. Uh, but yeah. it is difficult with everyone's situation being a bit different. But let's get into uh, this next segment here. I hope I've clicked the right... Oh, <laughs> fuck. I didn't do the trend. <laughs> All right. I didn't do the fun transition. I fucked that up. Sorry. Oh, okay. We'll get that back up there for our YouTube audience. But uh, I've got some. I've got some very fun and maybe different names to talk about on the chopping block today. Um, some big names, actually. But we'll get to them in a second. We'll start off by the very obvious red dots. 
you've got to get rid of them. Uh, some people say during the buys it's easy to carry red dots because it's best 18. I almost think the opposite. It's like the hardest and the worst time to carry red dots because, like we said, if you Those want to get... to play for you. Oh. Well, you want to get more than 18. You yeah. want to be trying to get to 20, 21 yeah. so that you can get those poor rookie scores or any injuries that you might accept, um, pick up throughout the round off your ground and not worry about it. So I actually think that red dots during the buys, even if they're one week, for the most part, I think they're a trade. Um, unless, you know, there are some situations... Um, Potentially that, you know, if you've got so many red dots, you've got to prioritize. But yeah. if you can, I would be trading the red dots to get your most amount of players playing. The next player that we're going to talk about on the chopping block, and I'll get your thoughts on yeah, this, yeah. Will Ashcroft. What are, what are we doing with Will Ashcroft? Is he a guy Ashcroft. that we're trading? He's obviously been great throughout the season. Yeah, I think if you... If you're going to trade him, of course, this week's the opportunity to do yep. so. Like, if you don't trade him this week, he's you're going to keep him through the buys. He's going to be a yep. breathing body for you. As it stands, I've moved him on. Okay, uh, I've actually gone him down to Hobbs. That's yep. kind of that's all I've done so far, and that <laughs> pockets me a bit of coin. Yeah. And I yeah. just, even though Ashcroft could come out and pump out a few, you know, triple Good figure scores, scores yeah. his break even's now up in the mid nineties. I think I it think is, so. yeah. and so. I just see this as a good time to potentially get him down to Hobbs, pocket some cash, and have guys that are kind of on an opposite trajectory potentially as well. Yeah. Um, it could prove to be the wrong move, um, but that's just where I sort of stand at the minute. Uh, I agree. Uh, I'm, he's in my trade plans right now. I think I'm going to be trading him out um, just to, first of all, um, he's very highly owned, um, yeah. so you trade him out. And he's someone that could rocket you up the rankings if he does come out and score poorly. I actually want to have a look. So in the top 1,000, he's 87% owned. Um, So you saw on the weekend, he's a rookie still at the end of the day. He's prone to volatile scoring. He had 120 plus the weekend before and comes out and scores a 46. So I actually almost wish that he didn't come out and score that 46 because I think a lot more people would be holding if he... um, had scored well so, because a lot of times we can get, you know, we fall in love with these rookies and it's hard to let go of them when they've been performing so well. And and even last year, a lot of people talk about, you know, Nick Dacos being the guy that people traded and then he put a few, you know, decent scores on your head. But at the end of the day, if you look at the end of his um, year, he didn't, he didn't actually perform that well. He did come out and have a 147 in round 18, but that's at round 18. Before that, he's dropped like a, a 66. He has gone 117 and 88. And after that 147, he's only put up one more ton for the rest of the season. So whilst they're good numbers, they're not top of his line kind they're of good, numbers. They're good for a rookie, and that's what that's people right. were sort of comparing yeah. to. Let me ask you a question here. So aside from the fact that if you don't trade Ashcroft, he provides you the warm body through the rest of the buys, yep. how much more cash do you think he can make? I think he he's he's pretty close to topping out. Um, what is he actually at now? He's at seven twenty six. So like I, I don't see him getting much more he than eight hundred k potentially. Crawl his way to seven fifty, I would say. So I think this yeah. is prime time. It's like you get the and, you get the buy benefit of trading right. in another guy, and you're probably not losing out on a heap more cash generation. And say he does go a, another poor score, like a fifty or a sixty, he's going to start down. going down the yeah. wrong way. So. Uh, I, I do. I am in the camp that I think if you can and and you you've got the luxury to and you don't have too many bullets, yeah. then you trade him. If you do have a lot of bullets, however, he's not the worst guy in the world to, world to hold, right? Yeah. Like you said, his his job security is pretty good. 
Uh, he's played every game of the year so far. The buy round hopefully freshens him up a little bit as a, yeah. a younger body and, and you know gives him a new little run at it. That's um, probably a fair point, is it? Because there'll be a few people that are obviously copping bullets this week with yeah. your two Gold Coast boys. You've got Darcy. So he... So I wouldn't I wouldn't stress and yeah. like bend heaven and earth to get to, to move him out if yeah. you have those bullets. But I do think that he's someone that, if you can, I would probably recommend trading him out and getting him... You're going down. I mean, we'll yet to sort of see what you're doing. I, I like the idea of... Tr- it doesn't really matter. Use the cash however you want to. But yep. I, I like to try and get him to a big dog. So I want to try and get him to a captain option so that that um, uh, that upgrade feels like I'm getting a better player on my field. Because, like you said, he, he's been he's been a good player for us. So I want it to feel like a proper upgrade. If I can if I can get him down to, to Hobbs, that gives me 100 eighty K in the bank and then if there's a potential rookie that I mean, comes through that yeah. I could go down, I could if Fiorini's dropped, I could take him to a big dog. So yeah. this kind of yeah. So I like this three trade business. Three trades makes it very, very nice. Um so speaking of Braden Fiorini, is he someone that we trade even if he is named? So say he is named I think if he's dropped you, you trade him. But say he is there come this round. Is he someone that you can look to trade anyway? Well the part of the appeal of, of he and Atkins to an extent was getting you through the buys and the yeah. fact that they have that good buy. Um, if he's named, I, I feel like dropping him would or getting rid of him would kind of betray that whole way of thinking. It, it would maybe it's necessary, but it would feel dirty because yeah. a lot of people bought him in for for this very reason. Yeah, but let me phrase it in a different way: Who okay. averages more between now and the end of the buys? Will Ashcroft or Braden Fiorini? It's true. Probably Ashcroft, right? So if, yeah. you, if you're going to trade one of them, Would you are you trade trading Fiorini? And his break-even's higher at 104. Yeah, see, that's, this is such the mental he's, side of the game. He's playing this week, which I think is maybe the difference. Um, it's appealing. So maybe you just hold him one week, trade him next week, which I can understand yeah. that as well. Um, but it might be that he might just lose money this week. You know what I mean? Like, so you're just trading him at a at a cheaper price, and yeah. will his score even count towards your best eighteen? I guess again, it's going to be very team dependent. How many players you have playing this week? Yeah. But if you've already got sort of nineteen twenty, I think you can definitely trade him. Um, do a straight swap for you. If you need the numbers this week and you're struggling to get to eighteen or nineteen, then you probably do have to hold. But if he is there, but I would almost argue that I'd probably trade him ahead of a an Ashcroft just because I. The role's not as good, and um, probably the job security isn't as good either. So uh, in that situation, I think you can trade him. What are your opinion? Uh, what's your opinion on Atkins then? Um, Same? or I expect him to be dropped, okay. um, in all honesty, uh, and I think it's probably pretty similar to Fiorini. Yep. I think, yeah. I, th- I think they're probably going out before an Ashcroft, just because... Yeah, their cash oh, is going to start going the wrong I, way. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you meant job security-wise. Yeah, and, no. and job security-wise. And <laughs> yeah. again, I mean, he's breaking his, even a 78, so it's not quite as high as those other boys, but again, he hasn't quite as made as much cash. Um, now, you've got a couple of... Oh, sorry. you got a couple of spicy names here on, on the list um, yeah. potentially to be chopped. Talk to us about these ones. So on the chopping block, I'm going to float it out there because yeah, this, right. in my early plans, this is something that I'm considering doing. This and, is bold. And this is, this is where I wouldn't be doing this if we had a bunch of rookies that I could easily trade to. But at the moment, I don't have much confidence and any rookie that we're trading in now will have their buy soon. So it's, I, I don't... This is an awkward round in terms of trading rookies. Yeah. But Errol Goulden 
as a trade-out target. This man is obviously killing it so far this season, but he's priced at $972,000. He's made $237,000 on the season. At a priced-at figure, he is priced at 114 points. If you had told me that he was going to average 114 points at the start of the season... I might not have laughed in your face, but I would have been like, there's no way. You would lead the Errol Gould fan club. I know. <laughs> and if you had told me that, I would have said, well, he's in there 75% of the time. And he's yeah, yeah, yeah. not. He is only in there 10, 15% CBAs. What, hap- so, what happens if he goes in there 75% of the time? Well, and I think, um, I think there's actually another suspension over at Sydney as well. But he is someone that I think is doing overs what I expect him to do moving forward. So so if you were to trade him this week, are you trading him with the intention that you think maybe you could pick him up later for cheaper? Is that Potentially. Okay. But I'm also not super stressed if I can't because okay. I feel like I'm trading him out at his top value. And like I said at the start of the show, there's a bunch of forwards there that could average in a similar ballpark. You Would trade you- him to a Jack McRae and you make 100, nearly 150K. Yeah. And so you, yeah, you buy, buy low... Sell high, Why sell high, and then you use that money to like. If I told you Jack McRae from now to the end of the season averages more than Errol Goulden, like that's that's oh, not, not a ridiculous not statement. Out of the realms of possibility. In that... fact, I would actually argue that I would hedge my bets that Jack McRae does average more than Goulden from here to the end of the season. So let me try and clarify something for the people listening. So yeah. you're endorsing this kind of thing as an option to trade. Down to make money on what it's you cash what grab, you yeah. deem as underperforming. So you're not you're not going trade Errol Goulden to Clayton Oliver or trade no, Errol. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. I'm it's, just clarifying yeah, for yeah, people because yeah. people might go like, oh, yeah. what, what does that mean? Am I, I just getting Errol yeah. to whoever? But you just so like to be clear for everyone, yeah. it's it's in a cash grab to a player that you think might actually be a similar performing player. Yeah, correct. So so say for example, like I'm trading uh, one of my trade scenarios, and we'll sort of wait to sort of sort of hear some things out. But if I trade Errol Goulden. To a Jack McRae, yep. I can make enough money to trade a Will Ashcroft to a Noah Anderson. And I've done that. I've fixed a couple of my buy rounds. I've got two players playing this this round as well. Yep. Um, and I still actually have a little bit of money left over to then trade a James Warple to another premium as well. So, And I've bypassed any of the shaky job security of any rookies out there as well. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just feel confident that Errol is he's overdone what I expect him to do. He's had two absolutely out of the box scores back to back, which has shot his uh, price um, incredibly high. Yeah, he's averaging 106 on this season and price at 114. So even on what he's doing so far this season, he's overpriced. Still overpriced. Um, and I expect that. I don't, I don't know if he's going to have another two 150 plus scores for the rest of the season. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hesitancy is his run coming up. So after his bye goes up against St. Kilda, the Lions of the Gabba, West Coast, Geelong, and then Richmond. So he's got three very easy matchups in his next five. So that does give me a little bit of a pause. But at the same time, he he just went up against North Melbourne. Uh, I know he was um, tagged to a degree, but only averaged the 106, 101 in his last game. So... There is a risk element to it because, again, he's extremely highly owned. I think he's 97% owned in the top 1,000. But that's the other appealing part to it. You know, 
touch wood, fingers crossed for everyone yeah. else out there, but say he does go down with an injury and I'm the one of 30 coaches in the top 1,000 that doesn't have him, big that's big. a big jump for me. So it's yeah. a risky play, but it's one I think that everyone should at least consider. And, and in that um, same move that you were talking about, your, your team's not going sideways because you're adding the premium to go from yeah. Ashcroft to Anderson. Yeah. So you're still ticking that box of having a team at the end that is better than your team at the That's start right, of the boss. Yeah. Okay, now another name that you've thrown in there, I'm, I'm interested to hear you talk about this one as well, is Timmy English. Yeah, Tim player. English. Tim English is someone I'm less keen about this one, but again, using the price on his head, 993000 So again, price at around that 115 mark. Um, now, there is a world where I see him doing more than that for the rest of the season. So I like it a little bit less, but again, the reason I also like for this one in particular is because of that round 15 buy, which are all yeah. quite heavy in. Um, you've got players like Darcy Cameron, who you could trade down to, who present a bit of value. Max Gorn presents a bit of value there as well, um, which have a more favorable buy round. And again, it's the same logic of using that cash to then get him up to... Uh, get someone else up to a premium. So you go a Tim English all the way down to a Darcy Cameron, you're making over $300,000. So that's, again, you can get you know, your Fiorini yeah. basically up to your Uber premium um, and, and do that in one move. And again, Darcy Cameron to Tim English, yes, it's a downgrade in a way, but it's probably more of an upgrade on the other end. Yeah. Plus you're fixing a bit of a buy around structure and... Tim English, again, he's got a, a break-even of 141. So the other bonus with him is he's he's coming down. So yeah. he w- might be more obtainable after his buy rounds. I like it less because yeah. he is a guy that 141 break-even, he could reach that. Yeah. And I do actually expect him to be 115-plus moving forward. So I don't necessarily think he's overs, but it's just that kind of creative trading that I think we need at this time of year when there are no cash cows around that we can confidently trade into. Mate, I don't mind it. I thought you summarised it pretty well too. So I'll be interested to see how, how that's received and whether people think that that, that might be... Call me crazy, but we've got to start exploring <laughs> some of these things, I think, as well. There's some other players that um, I, I could also argue you could do a similar thing with in Tom Green. Um, is another round yeah, 15 by round player. He's uh, nearly priced at that $1 million. I, I personally think he's outperformed, but maybe that's just me as a non-owner. Um You've got some other players, even like a, a Sam Walsh, who is priced very highly there as well, um, and a few other players in there. But if you if you think that a player has overperformed what they've done to date and are priced accordingly, then if you can get them down, you might be able to get a nice upgrade on the back end of it. Absolutely. Now, should we talk some potential trade targets? Let's do it. The other end of those trades. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, defenders, we've got a couple of trade targets here. Now, Sam Doherty is, we talked about the fact that bringing him into your team now is even a little bit potty, which yes, uh, absolutely. is very handy when you're talking about a guy 4%, like Sam Doherty. 4% owned in the top 1,000. So if you're talking about a guy like Doherty as a 4% owned and a guy yep. who we know can go bang 115 averaging, um, is he a guy that you're targeting this week or is he a guy that you're targeting a little bit later? Um, the tough thing is, obviously, he's got that round 15 buy. And I, I imagine yeah. a lot of people are going to struggle on that buy round. But in saying that, our defenders, you think about the, the players that we have to have by the end of this season. It's he's got to be Dawson, list, doesn't he? it's Dacos, it's Doherty. I think they're the clear top three guys in their Hayden line. Young. And Hayden Young, of course. How can I leave the man, my man off? <laughs> you could argue that like your Sicily, your Stewart's, 
your Sheezles, your Zeebles, those kind of guys, Will Days, are in that next bracket, that next tier. But I think that there's a clear distinction between those those three Ds at the top there um, as sort of the 105, potentially 110 averaging defenders. So if you can get him before everyone else, I think it could be a good move. The tough thing is he's expensive and he's also on the round 15 buy. But you've got two trades to downgrade to get the money up. This was the time of year I got him in last year and he was a very good target at that point. Now, talk to me about Bailey Dow because I know he was a target for a lot of people last week. He oh, maybe went a little bit unders on what we were hoping for this week with an 81, but are you just putting that down to some juicy conditions? Yeah, obviously up playing up north yeah, in the NT and um, dewy conditions. So I think, look, he only had two marks. I expect him to do more yeah. than that. He had nine and seven the two weeks before that. So I sort of see him in the uh, last year, he averaged 90. I don't see why he can't do that. Um, now while JJ is on the sidelines. And from what I heard, it's a somewhat severe hamstring. And um, I just think he's a really good player as well. And he's the kind of guy that's cheap enough that you can get him through to the buys. You're not necessarily married to keeping him at round 15. You can trade him off at that point if you have to. But I still think he's a decent value player at this point. Like I said, round 15 buy, but his next three games are at Marvel. Absolutely. So, so no dewy conditions there under the roof. Certainly not. Next five games are at Marvel. Well, even after his buy. Yeah. That's very handy. Yeah, lots of lots of Marvel games coming for the dogs. Um, and then the last couple of trade targets here for the Bombers. Feels dirty saying this, but Andy McGrath and Jordan Ridley. Is there a change in game style there, but Or is it just... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know they, I know they weren't big against the Tigs well, look, a couple they, of weeks ago. We've been talking about the midfield matchups for the... The Bombers. Yeah, true. The Defenders. They're getting it too, obviously. Um, I think even Mason Redmond's another guy that you could possibly throw in there. He's a little bit more expensive, but they've just got some great matchups coming up. North Melbourne again, under the the roof at Marvel this weekend. Carlton, who some teams are scoring well against in Defenders. Again, run up to his buy. The break-evens are low, so you're going to make a bit of cash. Ridley's got a break-even of 58 up against North Melbourne. 636k, so very cheap. You could, again, potentially make a bit of money as one of those guys. You go from someone expensive to him. Yeah. They might average very similar over the next couple of weeks. You flick them off at your buy. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a short-term play, I think, with those kind of guys. You're not, you're not kind of getting them in for the rest of the season. And those are the kind of moves that you can make this week when their downgrade targets are a little bit harder to come by. Now, talking mids, you've got Lady at the top of this list, but I'm assuming based on the news that we just heard, <laughs> that's... Let's put a little asterisk next to that one. a little asterisk. So talk to me about Noah Anderson instead then. Obviously, he's got the good the good buy, but does the fact that in his last three games, he's you know pretty much averaged mid-80s give you any sort of concern? It, it's so funny because um, like previous to this, I think before, like when, when um, Took Miller went down, we were like, yep, Get him in. He's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I think the next game he came up against uh, Richmond, went 134, went 132. People saw those two scores and went, okay, I've got to get Noah Anderson in. And uh, his price obviously shot up at that point and yeah. we trade him in and he's gone 390 or below scores since then. This is the thing that is we know it and we say it all the time, but it can be hard to do. Buy low, sell high. Yeah. And... Um, so coming off three poor scores, a lot of people go, oh, can't, can't touch that. It, can't, do it. can't do it. His break even like is 142. You look like a freaking genius if you do. But. but this is the time we should be looking at him. Like he's yeah. now priced more at what I expect him to do. He is priced at, what's his price? He's under 900K, I'm pretty sure. What if he keeps doing shit? 
He's priced at 104, 105. I expect him to be closer to that 106, 108 mark. So slightly unders, and like you said, that round 13 buy. It's yeah. the best kind of person to be trading in at this week because we're going to be fine next week. And he's going to help you out. So next year, I reckon we explicitly request that we get stacked teams for that yeah, round. None of this buy. Geelong rubbish. Just uh, give us like who who would be good. Who would you take? Giants, Bulldogs, Bulldogs Giants. yeah, those orange boys. and blue. Yeah, let's <laughs> give us give us those boys. Geez, that'd be handy. But yeah, look, he probably will go down a bit more in cash. But I mean, you, you've got to get him in now for the buy to really mean anything. Yeah, if I that know. makes sense. Oh, of course, of yeah. course. Um. So I still think he's a decent target, and I don't think he's overpriced anymore for what he can do. And um, you know he's got he's got Adelaide, and then afterwards he's got Carlton and Hawthorne. So three, I would say, middle of the road matchups. Hawthorne maybe being a bit more positive, and um, his CBAs have been through the roof the last few weeks as well. So the role is still there. He just, for whatever reason, has been getting the scores. Now Petrarch is the next guy you've got on the list, and look, I don't mind it as an option. He's down. 20k on his starting price from the year, but he's got a floor of 80, and then yeah. we know that this guy's got a ceiling of like 140, 150. Um, round 14 by. I think that's an underrated. Like I think I don't know how many teams are out there that are stacked on round 14 by players. Well, so who I have think we got like you got um, Essendon, you've got Melbourne, yeah. you've got Adelaide. So I think teams are moving more towards that with bringing in guys like Merritt, Hobbs, yeah. obviously Dawson's a guy that a lot of people have now. But yeah, I think that. I think that there's something to be said, maybe as Petrarca is that upgrade target this week. Yeah, I think. I think. I mean, we'll, how much we'll value touch do you think he presents? Buck? I don't think he presents a whole lot of value. Um, so he's priced at 104. I think he could probably go 106 to 108. So maybe a yeah. similar kind of thing to a Noah Anderson. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of actually view them quite similarly, but obviously you've got the round 13 buy for Anderson. But the only difference is Petrarca's break even is 119. So you you feel a little bit better that he's at least not going to lose more cash and you could have got him cheaper or whatever, but yeah. I kind of view them both in a similar you know, range of, of projections. Um, picky poison, basically, and if around 14 buyer suits you just as good, then you could go for a player like that. And maybe if Oliver misses another one or two, he might get a little bit of a bump because of that. These next three guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that you've added them to the list as guys that fit into that category of guys that they're not going to be in your team long-term, yep. but are they the guy that can be serviceable for you throughout the buys and then you can move on? So we're looking at Dugowie, Tom Mitchell, and Hugh Greenwood. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I like Dugowie and Tom Mitchell a little bit better. Dugowie especially is a guy that I think you could do something pretty sneaky with. And again, at this stage, he is in my trade plans. Um, but priced uh, 749k, break even of 60, coming off the back of his biggest score of the year, 127 against the Kangaroos. And guess who he has this week? He has the Weagles at Optus Stadium. So last three games, he's going at like 105, 110. Yeah. So he's he's got some ceiling games, and this is where you can take some punts on these guys because. If he pumps out a ceiling score, amazing, great. If he puts out a turd, then hopefully if you've got 20 players playing, you might not even count towards your yeah. your best 18. So break-even of 60 means that he's probably moving up in price. And if, worst case, it goes horrible, you trade him back out at round 14. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking at potentially doing a little sneaky play of uh, someone like a, a Warple straight across to him, cost me like 20K okay, and um, has a better matchup. Has a high ceiling, in my opinion. Same with Tom Mitchell. Now, the difference between Tom Mitchell and Dago is Tom Mitchell's break even is not quite as uh, low, and his price is a little bit higher at eight hundred and eighteen k. 
what do we think? What do we think about Tom Mitchell? He's he's had two sub eighty scores on the season, but the rest are all decent. Yeah, I think he. I he's think that's coming it. off a one twelve against North. I think it's exactly what it looks like. He's an absolute fantasy pig playing in a system that doesn't reward fantasy picks. So yeah. if he was just a average shit player playing in that system, he'd average 60 or 70 like a heap of players in that system do. Yeah. But because he's just finds the pill so well, he's still going to average, you know, just below a hundred, yep. but he's just not going to go and get those one fifties. Yeah. He's playing, he's playing a very similar role in terms of CBAs is what he did last year at Hawthorne. He's it's averaging the, 95. He averaged 96 last year. So I kind of think he, yeah, the system just doesn't reward the cheap yeah. marks and the yeah. short 45s. Like Collingwood just go and go and go. And so like, he doesn't care. He's, he's playing yeah. in a great team, winning games of footy, but it just but doesn't work for us. Could he get some cheap marks against the Eagles this week? Oh, well, he won't. Like you said, he went 112 against North. So there's every chance he goes yeah. one, 110, 110, 120. Like if he if he comes and pops out of 130, 140 at some stage in the season, no one's going to be like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. It's Tom Mitchell. But yeah. he, I don't think he's going to average anything that's much more than 100, to be honest. Yep. And the last guy on that list there was. Hugh uh, Greenwood and um, look he's just a very cheap option his break even is 14 and um, since coming back into the science he had a, a multiple list of, of sub games uh, earlier in the uh, the year three sub games in a row from round three to round five but since coming back into the side um, under a different coach he's gone 75 87 and 114 in his last three price at 537k with a break even of 14. Um, that's just really cheap, and he's again another option that you could make a bunch of money on. Look, it's Hugh Greenwood, so it doesn't doesn't make me feel very good. Um, but look, crazier things have have worked. So if you play that break even game within these buy rounds, again best eighteen, you can take a bit of these punts moving forward, and um, yeah, you can make money going from a Warple down to him to get perhaps like a an Ashcroft up to a to a big dog, and I think that. Warpool and Hugh Greenwood potentially average the same and you get an upgrade on the other side of it, plus you make money on the back of his 14th break even. Now, a guy that you don't have on the list, but a guy that I want to ask you about really quickly is... Hey, just, just notice we're going really long on this podcast, so oh, apologies, we guys. We're strap yeah. in, but it's, uh, it's the buy rounds. We've got to dig deep. Yeah, we do, we do. And I want to ask you about another player because I yeah. want to talk about Ben Keys real quick. So oh, yes. I, I heard a quote come out um, today that they wanted to get a little bit of size back in the midfield last week in terms of taking on that um, big body Brisbane midfield. Mm-hmm. He's tunned up. I think it was for the first time this year. Uh, correct. But does at, at priced so he's five hundred and sixty four. Is so, he that guy that fits the bill of if you pick him now, he gets you through the buy rounds. He's so cheap, and he's a guy that could, if he's in that role, he could give you one twenties potentially. He's cheap. Matchups: Gold Coast versus West Coast in the next two. Rory Laird's missing or potentially missing this week as well. So the, the little flag is that the quote came out saying that it was like a get a bigger body in there against the Brisbane midfield. Yeah, if it was matchup specific. And I think he was doing a bit of a job on Neil as well. But part of that quote also was sharing the load throughout the season. So, it, you know, he could give you some stinkers, but I mean, if you pick it right and you just you got him for, what, two, three weeks and, and you make money... So I think um, I think I look I don't mind it I, I like the run I think Rory Laird being out definitely bolsters that being a play yeah I'm less confident on it because I I've seen him have high CBAs before and the next week drop off yeah so my confidence in him maintaining that role throughout these next few weeks 
is he- lower than like a Greenwood who I've seen at least three weeks of data of him maintaining a decent role. He but, can give you a stinker too. There's 35, 44, yeah. 52 in there as well. So, But again, it's a risk at this time of year that could potentially pay off. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's 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 definitely someone that warrants consideration. And um, these sound all like very loose picks, but these these are these are plays, especially with this week, where the trades do feel very awkward, Yeah. especially trying to make money. Um, in, a, in a standard situation where it wasn't the buy rounds, you wouldn't even you really probably, be entertaining you probably wouldn't these, these, would you? Yeah, no. Um, but I think these are the kind of weeks you can do them. Yeah. A um, couple of uh, rock options have you got here? Yeah, so we talked about Tim English earlier as a trade-out target, but yeah. especially for those guys who are a, a Sean Darcy owner, like what, are we, what do you think that they should be doing? Do you think they should be going straight up to Tim English? Should we be looking at more value options? It's tough because as a Darcy owner, you've probably been eyeing off English the whole season. Yes. And, um, See, the problem with this is if you go to English, you, you, he's burnt you all year, then you go to him and you miss his... You miss his buy round just like everyone else who already owns him yeah. misses his buy round. So my plus his break even's one forty plus. I'd almost be tempted if I was Darcy to to go to the other Darcy and Darcy Cameron. But the the thing with him is that he's not coming off excellent scores. No. H- how how do we see his role? Do we do we see I like it. Do you know what I mean? Do we see those scores coming? Or do we think I, I it's do. different to last year? I do think they're coming now. It's you 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 do want to see it first. But sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you gotta well, jump in I mean, um, by your own logic. You know, with Noah Anderson, he's down, and you. you, you yeah, get on, exactly. So like... um, and the matchups there is coming up against the Eagles this week. Yeah. Uh, like I said, those Collingwood boys. He's in that role. I think he got seventy percent of CBAs on the weekend. He just didn't get the points. Seventy nine, like so, it's not a horrible score, but it's obviously not doesn't fill you with confidence. But I do think that he is an option. Um, what's his price at six? 666 so and Sean Darcy is 790. Is that a, yeah. yeah, so yeah, 100 and, yeah 120k or so. Mm. Look, it's not as much as I thought it would have been. Obviously, he, he's lost 52k in the last yeah. week, so um, it does make it tough. But then again, you're paying 200k to get Sean Darcy to Tim English. It's a lot of coin. That's a lot. Imagine. That's a lot of coin. That's the only upgrade you're getting this week. Yeah. Really. Um, and, and then you've got to suck it up when everyone else. You know, when you join everyone else on Tim English's buy round. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it was a regular week and the buy round at round 15 wasn't so heavy, I'd, I'd just be saying do it. Just do get, it. Yeah. get Tim English. Of he's course. probably the number one. I project him to be the number one averaging player from here to the end of the season. I think he's a permanent captain option uh, for every team, regardless of matchup. Um, but the round 15 buy is the thing that pushes me back. If your round 15 buy is a little bit lighter than what I project most people to be, then then I would probably still just go that way. But if you're heavy like a lot of us, at least explore some of these other options. So, Would you go to Gorn instead? So if you go to Gorn, you only make sort of 50K, maybe even less. Um, would you go there instead of Cameron? I think, I think I prefer Gorn over Cameron in terms of my confidence in their scoring ability. Um, we've seen Max Gorn put up some decent scores this year in the role that he's in. Um, I he's got the same buy round as a Darcy Cameron, so I guess that my tiebreaker would be there. What can you do with the extra bit of cash? So I like them both as good value options. Um, I guess just yeah, what can you do with the extra bit of cash? Because I think they're both probably maybe seven to ten points unders of what I expect them to do. Yep. Um. But yeah, can you do a bit extra with that money saving from going gone to Darcy Cameron? And if you want to make some serious cash, 
Could Briggsy be the Prusy? Briggs, bring in the big man. Could he be the Prusy? So I don't know if you've looked at this one, but he's gone eighty-four and one hundred and eleven his yeah, last two I'm, games. Since I'm coming. looking, <laughs> I'm getting on Briggsy. You go on Briggsy. <laughs> price at five hundred forty k, break even of seventeen. Could he be your ticket? Uh, coming up against Richmond, North Melbourne, and Frio. Now this seems like a loose play. It does seem like a loose play. You listen to those teams and you think, oh, great matchups, but they're actually not for rucks. Uh, Nank the Tank, man. Nank the Tank is a big-bodied ruckman. He's on the ton run of his own. Uh, North Melbourne, actually one of the hardest teams to score against for ruckman. And then Frio, if Sean Darcy is back, they're very tough. I think they'd be a bit easier if he's not, but there's still a few rounds away, and if Sean Darcy is back, again, that makes him one of the tougher matchups. So I'm hesitant. Um... <laughs> It's loose. It is so loose. The ruck line is not always the line you want to be mucking around with. He's only played two games, so I don't know if you can trust the scoring, but... Briggsy sounds a lot like Prusy. You can always fall back on the break-even game, um, and he is someone that you're definitely trading out around 15. Like He's oh, got yeah. the round 15 by. Yeah. Who are you trading him to? Maybe Darcy Cameron by that point, or, or Max Gorn? Maybe yeah, trading back to Sean Darcy by the time he's back into the lineup. I don't know, but... Oh, man. I mean, it's a, it's a cash grab, and like he's got now an eighty, what you say, an eighty-four and a one eleven built into his five price cycle. So if he kind of keeps popping that out, he's going to make you a little bit of cash. Yeah, not I, to um, mention the cash you make when you go down to him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't love it. I, I don't think <laughs> I, I would have the guts to do it. But I, it's hard to put myself in that situation. But yeah, I don't know. It's right. tough. Okay. We- Again, if it gets you to something really good on the other end, maybe you consider it. But I, I, I prefer probably like the Hugh Greenwoods or the. You know, those midfielders that okay. I feel a bit better in their role. We're going to talk forwards, mate. Otherwise, we dead set are going to be here for two hours. Well, okay. Let's talk about... Oh, we've talked about Jack McRae and uh, Cogs before, so yeah. we sort of touched on there. But let's touch on these cheaper options yeah. in Ben Hobbs and Bailey Humphrey. The question here is, is it too late? Um, it, it sucks because you know what everyone else got for the last couple of weeks. Um, it... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now it's a very t- close call. Oh, now. Well, now that we, now that we've had a good discussion, I'm going to explore my, uh, some different trades. I think, but I don't mind the idea of picking somebody on the up you know, and kicking someone out yeah. who's on the down. I, I don't mind the feel of that for your, your cash yeah. gen and for everything. It's yeah, what, and uh, we've got those three trades. So even if, if you get an injury, there's still a way to get out of those kind of riskier picks. Yeah, um, it, there's every chance that I bring in Hobbsy this week. I've already got Humphrey. I got him last week. Um, this this is this is the last week. <laughs> this is the last week. This is the last week where it wouldn't feel absolutely dirty. Break even at thirty nine. He's coming up against North Melbourne. Um, he's going to go hundred again. I think he's probably still at least fifteen points under of what I expect him to average in the current role with Setterfield and Parish out. Yeah. What's the What's the time frame? Are they Are they getting closer? That's the other thing we should probably Parish monitor. should still be a couple of weeks. No, it's round fourteen by, and I don't yeah. think that either of them are coming back before then. You, so. you probably wouldn't if you. No. The Bombers, especially with the no. matchups you've got. Yeah, um, silly. You wouldn't do that. So, look, I think you could go that way. I'd be trying to maybe look for that next guy if you could because I'd probably rather Humphrey over Hobbs at this stage because the cash you'd save yeah. um, and the buy round is probably a bit better. You've got him for that round 15 buy, round 14 buy. So I'd probably prefer him there because Hobbs you might not even use in round 13. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably if you if lower, you don't have either I'd go here. I'd go Humphrey over Hobbs but it, it is definitely the last week. Yeah, Humphrey's yeah. got a lower break even there yeah. as well as ten. 
Okay, should we finally get to some people's Twitter questions? Marathon pod! This is a huge podcast. Let's keep it going! <laughs> Thank you for oh, tuning in, guys. Oh, I like man. to talk about this shit all day. Mate, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate, there'll be nobody tuning in at this point. An hour and 13 minutes. My days. Let's answer some cheap Hope people's people questions. Hope people lots of spare time on their oh, hands. I like this first one from Luke Woods. Have you got that one there? Uh, no, you, you read it out to well, me, Well, what do we do with Jack Steele? Do we trade him at his buy? That's a tough question to answer. Is he? Yeah. What do you do with Jack Steele? Have we um, <laughs> have we your, confirmed like an injury that he's got? Your guess is as good as mine. Well, well, does he now fit the category? Uh, I know he's. Let's he's, throw Brad Crouch into that scenario as well. Okay, so these are guys that they're not outperforming what we expect. They're to underperforming. Average. They're underperforming. But can you still do the similar thing that you were thinking of doing with like an Errol and like go down? The to- problem is they don't have the cash on their head. They don't like. Yeah, he's like, what's it? Errol's 120k more than steel. That's disgusting. How, <laughs> how are we living in a world where that's happening? Yeah. Um. So, oh, my gut, my instinct, my knee jerk reaction is to hold them, and they're going to get you through the buys. Yeah, you, hope, you were expecting to hold him this week, anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, the you, hope is that the because I think with steel, it's he's carrying something. Yeah. It, it's 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 he's obviously not right physically. Yeah. And we've kind of seen a few instances of that. And, and the hope is that after a week off, he freshens up, yeah. he comes back, and he goes bang. Depending on when you purchased him as well, if you trade him now, you're cashing in that loss. Yeah, you're banking it in. Yeah. Uh, so. so my gut for both he and Crouch hold. is hold. Um, okay, I'll get I know mind. some people, and I, I haven't owned either of them. I mean, I owned Steel at the start of the year, but I yeah. trade in. But I know I haven't been an owner of Crouch so I, I'm not very emotional when I say this sort of stuff so you might just be sick of watching it oh yeah, yeah. and uh, I know Holmesy has been waiting for this round to trade him out but you see what he he pops a 114 on the weekend yeah. so it just makes your life a it little bit it, more difficult yeah, it makes it easier I mean oh, it makes it harder in terms of yeah. the decision I guess but I, I am in the camp that you hold those guys because there's not much value on their heads you can't yeah. do as much with it so those are okay. my thoughts. Have we got any other questions? I reckon, hopefully we've answered a lot of these questions in our discussion, but yeah, are there any there that stand out to you? Um, da, 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 da. Any D6 defenders better than Luke Ryan or Han Young under 800k? Sub 800k defenders. Let me have a little looksy dooksy. Well, we talked about Belly Dale before. Um, I like him. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Redmond fits into that category. Um, but Bailey Dale, I think, would be my my pick in terms of those guys. Yeah, I think Bailey Dale, or if it's a short term play, you could look at some of those Essendon boys. They're going to go up in uh, in price. Yeah, yeah. If it's like a get you through the buys kind of thing, I wouldn't necessarily mind Redmond. Um, here's another question for you: Thoughts yeah. on Elliot Yo? No, <laughs> no to Yo. No Yo. No Yo. He's a guy that uh, we've named a lot of loose picks in this um, podcast. And even Elliot Yo is too loose for That's me. It's too, too loose. It's the kind of I just have no confidence in his body. I have exactly. no confidence in the team. That derails your season if it if it goes poorly. Yeah, and it's it's not even one of those ones you go, oh, bad. You know, damn, I copped a bullet. No, yeah. no, no. no you, that bullet was yeah. always coming <laughs> for on, you mate. if you picked yeah. up Yo. You, you can't. So I think that my opinion there's no. Yeah, I just, I just, it's not the break even's not low enough. I haven't seen the runs on the board yet. I just yeah. wouldn't feel confident enough. Um, so no to Yo. Do you think the helmet's cheap enough for a punt? Is another question we've had. He's cheap, but I was expecting maybe a little bit from him on the weekend. Well, he scored well, but the roll. 
role wasn't there. Well, he was he, still sub 100, wasn't he? Or yeah, did he go? I think he went 100 plus did he? from memory. That would have to been one of the first times this year. But he was on the wing. He was on the wing and actually had zero CBAs on the weekend with no Clayton Oliver. So fucking go figure. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what we're doing here. But um, what did he have? Oh, so he had 92. So, yeah, I guess he didn't turn up. I, I, I say no. I, I don't think you can do it. I'd rather go with some of those Essendon guys that, again, the price is going up, the break-even's low, so you can at least hide behind that, and they've got probably better matchups. So, yeah. um, I don't want Oliver, uh, Brayshaw. A lot of um, these questions we sort of have addressed in our discussion. Um, top three rookies, sub 400K options this week. There's, um, yeah, it's cobwebs. <laughs> no one. Uh, there's Humble that, there's that, and There's the Irishman. Oh. <laughs> the Irishman. Look look out. Can someone what tell me how many... how many? Because I actually didn't watch that game, unfortunately. <laughs> but did, did we get a lot of Irishman quotes? I, I'm sure we would have. And we actually got a, 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 an Irish fella actually commented on our... On, on, it tweeted at me oh, and said... Oh, did he say we butchered it? Well, no, he said, thank God someone else have noticed it because it, it gives him the shits too <laughs> as, as a, uh, someone from Ireland that they, they all they do is refer to them as that. So shout out to, oh, to that a, gentleman he there. He scored a 56 on debut. Yeah, you no, know, he had a good game. Yeah, and good um, yeah, I think he'll hold his spot, break even of five. So I think he's probably the best shout of the bunch. The only thing you're worried about there is Chris Scott and Geelong. <laughs> um, round 13 by... The, the nervous thing is, like, if you just wait one week and then get him off his buy if he's still there. I think that's the the best yeah. scenario. It could pay off if you go him now and he's still there around 14, then that's great. But that is the risk you take. You get him for one week and he's got his buy, and then that's kind of a reset. They get some of their players back healthy and he's out again. So, But uh, I'd say he's probably the best of the bad bunch. I mean, this is... You've you've now you know missed the boat on, on guys. I mean, Wardlaw, if you don't have him already, is... Price below 400k, but are you going there if you don't have him already, or is it you've missed the boat? No, it's like some people have said Ned Long from Hawthorne had a huge game in the uh, in the uh, the twos, but again, you haven't seen it at AFL level, so it's hard he's, to launch into that. He's 386, so we've got the bin, um, <laughs> the bin yeah, for Carlton if he gets before? named Oscar, Oscar the Grouch, yeah, so maybe he is a guy, but. It is this round that I'm very hesitant to trade into those rookies sight unseen yeah. um, because their buy rounds are coming up and we've said it before, it's a reset time. No matter how well they play, they're always prone to getting dropped coming off their buy. Agreed. Because uh, two weeks is a very long time in the AFL. Here's, I think most of these questions we've kind of answered in our discussion, but here's, here's one that's um, an interesting right, sort let's of let's end on this one. Yep. Is <laughs> Hungry. Um, is it even worth trading guys like Drury or Chesser when they have no cash on their head? I think I think you kind of addressed it a little bit in terms of fixing yeah. up red dots. What, what are your thoughts? The way I'm seeing it, normally I would do it this round because you're getting in guys that you're helping yourself get you're helping yourself get more playing. And even though they've got no cash, you've got that third trade. You can potentially still do one down, one up, and then a third one just kind of sideways. You kind of move. Yeah, I'm actually planning on doing that. Fingers crossed next week because next week. Like we sort of said a few times, you're going to have a lot of players playing, potentially having 22 on the on the ground. Yep. So if you're making an upgrade, how much is that actually improving your team next week? And the bonus for next week when you're fixing around red dots, say, for example, you do have someone coming off their buy as a rookie, Yep. well, then that's the perfect time to trade into them because then they're the ones that are actually going to help you throughout the buy rounds. Um because there's the potential that they're going to be there. Whereas these other rookies that you're trading into now are going to have their buy rounds in two or three weeks. It's just, 
it's just awkward. So, um, look, it's it's a play, and you could be rewarded, but because of the confidence I have in the ones that you're trading into this year, I'm not so keen to do it. I'm keen to do it next week because I'm not going to improve my side too much next week because I've already got basically 18 premiums playing next week, so I'm not actually getting an extra premium to my 18 than I would if I just fix my red dots next week. Yeah, I think it's a good way of looking at it, and it's obviously it's the first time this year that, that we people had the are looking at that strategy. So, two. yeah, I, I don't mind it as a play. I'm interested to see whether it comes off. Yeah, so next week my hope is to do some rookie fix-ups, generate some cash, bank a bit of cash, so I can make a big upgrade in round 14 and uh, attack those 14 and 15 rounds and get some rookies, some final rookies off the ground. Is at least the way I'm planning for it. Beautiful. But who knows? We'll probably cop a bunch of bullets and it'll, it won't happen, but we'll see. We'll see how <laughs> we go. But that'll conclude this mammoth episode of the podcast today, guys. Uh, Huge, man. Happy buy rounds, guys. Hopefully we uh, we all shine and it's, uh, it's going to be a big, big round for us and a big next few rounds for us. So thank you for listening. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Give this video a big thumbs up and we will see you all on Friday afternoon for our live show. Until then, we'll catch you later. Bye.